here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and I would like to firstly thank my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for supporting me and what I'm doing. I would also like to thank Medify for making this possible. Although this is not an ad read, Medify is cool, and we're going to talk about that just a little bit, at least to start, but we have T1's very own MK Leo. I don't think I need to intro you a whole lot. Everybody knows how amazing of a Smash player you are, the number one officially number one smash ultimate player in the world mk leo thank you so much for joining me oh thanks so much for inviting me cypher it's a pleasure so we didn't get a chance to do like a whole wind up build up of getting to know each other thing but i'll just break the ice a little bit here and we can start with start with the metify angle right i I was I was intrigued by the by the concept as coaching started to become more and more of a monetized deal. I think through Patreon and through just, you know, you give someone's PayPal information. That's how coaching happened for a long time in the Smash community. And I never uh, tried it at all myself because I didn't think I was good enough of a player. But this would be the first question for you. You, you encourage a player who's just starting out or a mid-level player or, or top player, you sort of seem to have no preference for who's willing to pay you for your time and to for you to coach them. So do you like the fact that you can start from any spot in a player's journey to help them and take them to the next level, whatever that may be? Yeah, well, for that, like, you're right about that. There's always a the next level, right? No matter what's your level of gameplay, there's always a the next level. They, like, even top players got a next level, right? So um, I'm not familiar with coaching people that literally just started playing every single time I get, I get players that are like, hey, I, I just started playing, like, I don't know, like two months ago, I literally got 80 hours in the game. I'm like... I'm probably not the, I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah, I can teach you the things, right? But I'm, I'm probably not the right person for you because, uh, because I'm, I'm trying to focus a little bit more on the mid-level, high-level player to become like, to get to the next level, right? Because usually when you're trying to coach someone that you started playing, it's kind of just like, oh, you need to practice more, right? You need more practice. You need to play more. Like, you need to understand these things. You need to under, like, not even talking about frame data, but you need to understand, like, your moves. You got to understand your character. You got to understand all of that. Like, I'm not saying I don't do it because I've done it before, but yeah, kind of like, kind of aim for that mid-high level play. That's why I like VOD review the most because, uh, Cause I don't know. It's like a different perspective to play against this person and then tell him his habits. Like, but uh, but when you're doing VOD review, it is like really easy to tell their actual mistakes, right? Because it's like, oh, you literally lost this game because you did that. But when you're playing against that person, it's like, oh, you just roll a lot. It stopped rolling, and then I don't know. That person stops rolling right but the next time you're gonna coach them that person is still gonna roll it's so weird that's why i'd rather just doing vod review the whole time and that makes sense i think that there's a lot of value in in to being able to just do that right because you can point out so much without them playing different just because they're playing you because yes on on your metafile you offer a live play session but you also like you said, I feel like can almost have more value in that VOD review because you're not thinking about, oh, I'm playing MK Leo right now, so I have to change dramatically how I play or like think about it too hard. Would you say that comes up at all? That does, yeah. People, 
people tend to just be, hey, I'm really nervous. I don't know what to do because I'm playing against Leon. I'm like, uh, just try to learn, right? You're, you're here to learn. You're not here to beat me. You're not here in a tournament match. You're, you're actually trying to learn from me. So being nervous is not that, it's not a good idea, like at least here. And uh, they just never understand. They, they think that they're actually playing me competitively. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, that makes it a little bit weird to, to coach. And of course, the thing is that I destroy them most of the time, right? There's not a lot of people that come to me in Metafy that are like, like my level. So sometimes it's just about me destroying them. And it's like, uh, like this happens because I'm too good. But with other players, this would be a lot different. And you could point out one or two habits even in there, but I'm sure, like you were saying earlier, there's there's a lot more that you could talk about when you're watching a VOD of similarly skilled players or the person who's coming to you. You can see that skill gap from their next level to where they are at that time and saying, this is where you need to be. This is what you can do to get to that spot. So it's really cool that you offer coaching. I don't no, no, off the top of my head, out of all the top ultimate players who's offering this, that, or the third. But I think it's really cool, just like conceptually, yes, the number one player. It would almost be like LeBron James for basketball or, I guess, Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes for football. <laughs> if you pay me enough money, you know, to make it worth their time, I will teach you how to play football. I'll teach you how to play basketball. But I think that's really, really cool for, for Smash and for Ultimate in particular, that you sort of, you know, you have that service course well paid for your time. It's very valuable, but I think it's really cool that you do that. And one, one question that I would have as well to follow up on that is for, for the whole coaching gig for you, I, I think that a lot of people just already know after only having watched a couple of sets, or if they're hardcore followers of ultimate, they know exactly how you play. They love your storylines versus this, that, or the third other top player. You're, clutch factor the the way that you're able to stay cool under the the highest set of circumstances of i need to win this game or the other player gets to win i think i was listening yes so tweak has a podcast and he was sort of talking about how you're almost at your most comfortable in that spot but i'm sure it's hard to tell somebody just like it's hard to tell someone who's starting out you just need to practice more like it's hard to tell someone who's a mid-level player who talks about tournament nerves and saying well, you just got to relax. So what, what's your favorite way to describe how to, how to get over tournament nerves? Um, yeah, I, I actually just had a metafight lesson last night where I was explaining um, how to not get nervous, right? How to understand that losing is fine and how to understand like that not because you're losing a certain game means that you lost the set entirely, right? I was just telling them that, uh, yeah, some like every time I win, someone feels sad, right? Because, I mean, even if you got the best mentality, like losing makes you sad. That's just how it works. We're human beings and like that's literally how the human works. And every time we win, we, we are really happy, right? So I was just thinking, I was just explaining, yeah, like, you gotta understand, right? It's not really about being the best the whole time. It's not really about, like, being sad the whole time or happy, whatever. But it, it is about, like, understanding the thing you want to do, right? Of course, if you go to a tournament and feeling nervous, feeling anxious, of course, that's going to happen. Because once again, you're doing something that's uh, that's important to you, right? Because everybody does that. If it's important to you, then you get anxious, you get nervous. Because that's what we do. But 
you just gotta focus on the fact that you're doing it because you got the chance to do so, right? And of course, because you also want to become the best or at least win this tournament. What I'm basically saying is that uh, you're you're doing that, right? It's not like it's not it's not a good thing to feel that nervous and just be uh and just be like I can't play at this level. I can't play in front of so many people because I'm feeling this way, and then I just can't play well. Um, usually when I talk about that, it's just, uh, my mentality is like that. I'm, I'm literally just a person that works that way. I like the crowd. I like being surrounded by a lot of people. I like, I like watching people, watching me play, right? Because I enjoy that. I play Smash because I love what I do. And if someone is there watching me and getting hyped because of what I do, I'll, I love that. And that does not make me nervous because I'm literally doing what I love the most, right? And um, and even if I lose or I win, I know that the person that beat me is going to be super, super happy that he was able to beat me. But, for example, Spargo, right? Like, he, uh, like if he beat me at, um, at main stage, I'm pretty sure he would be really happy, right? But I ended up winning, and I, I understand the feeling of losing like that, right? Because I've lost so many sets that way. I, I've been so close to win that tournament, and then... A Diddy Kong player just ends up beating me, right? I know how it feels, but at the same time, I know how it feels to win. So, uh, and that's something that I believe you forget. I mean, I guess uh, the anxiety and uh, the nervous, uh, the nerves, you for you forget about that every single time you, uh, you're in that mindset, right? When you're just focusing, when you're just focused about winning, you're just focused about not losing or like just feeling that way after you win or lose. I feel that you forget about all that. You forget about all that that is in your mind. You're just, you're just playing your game. You're just enjoying what you do. And no matter the result, you're always going to be happy with that. I love hearing, it, it reminds me of the, the classic people that you would like talk about, like people like Kobe Bryant or about Mango for, for Melee, people who love playing in those high pressure situations. They almost embrace that. I, that's a great mentality to have. It's just feels, it does feel rare sometimes, but I'm curious about how you practice when a lot of the time that's uh, that's happening on your own, or maybe perhaps you like to practice with other people, be it online or or, or otherwise. Do you feel do you feel the need to practice a whole bunch, or is it more of just like you go to a tournament, you make sure to get friendlies with certain people, certain players, certain characters, and then between that and VOD review and everything else, you feel confident about going into a bracket? Um. Just I do. I'm I'm gonna tell you a secret. I haven't practiced this match like seriously since SWT. I haven't. I have like every time I touch the game is because I've been coaching or because a friend comes comes and like I just stream with it with them. But um, it's weird because now that you mention it, I don't feel the necessity of playing or practice a bunch, right? Like the thing you said, I just don't feel that anymore because I feel. That well, of course, I don't want to sound cocky or anything. And of course, I don't know. You've earned it. You've earned it. Okay. You've earned it. Like I don't know everything about this game, but I know a lot of stuff that allows me to keep winning, even if I don't practice that much. Like I'm not saying I don't practice at all. I'm just saying that like I don't need to be there every day, three or four hours per day, just practicing the things that I already know. Right. I'm just trying to not get rusty every time I play. Right. Because. It like because everything I do is just like a sequence. It's kind of like my muscles just just know what they're doing, right? And it's kind of like something that I know how to do even if I'm asleep. 
And uh, it's weird because coaching on Metafy has actually made me a lot better at understanding bad habits and adapting quickly. And um, that's something that's like really weird because I never thought like I never thought that I would like something like that because uh, I I actually do enjoy VOD reviewing uh, like anything because I do believe that's the way you learn the most. So uh, I go to this point where I rather is studying someone rather than practicing the whole time. And I believe that's what uh, that's like what everyone is supposed to aim for, right? You just get to this level where like you're just really good that you just don't have to get information here, but you have to get the information in your head. And uh, I do believe that's what uh, that's what makes me really good when I end up in a stage and then like I have to play, right? Even if I don't practice at all, or even if I don't get the friendlies, or even if I don't play a certain matchup. I know that just by watching that, I'm able to learn it. That's really cool. So would you say, okay, so I lost my chain of thought for a second, but basically what I'm trying to say is now that Ultimate is more or less completely patched through, all the DLC has come in, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be any future patches for Ultimate, for the majority of the game's lifetime, there was always that thought in the back of every player's head of being like, I, I feel comfortable with this character because it gets the relevant matches done in a way that I like, but there's always going to be another patch that might change my character or a new character that comes in that becomes a really bad matchup that I'll see a lot in bracket and I don't this, that, and third. But Ultimate now seems to be pretty much set in stone without you know, being able to see the future. So do you like that? Or did you like the three or so, four, <laughs> however long, many years since 2018, where it was always the thought of this game's still kind of changing a lot? I don't know how to feel about that. Because, uh, do you know, Nintendo's doing something like big with Panda Global, right? So I'm guessing that if they see something big i don't know for example pyramithra which i think are really broken imagine that if they saw pyramithra in action right literally the top three of swt played pyramithra spargo cosmos me like we all know that character is busted right we all know that character is broken so i don't so i'm not entirely sure that if nintendo actually wants to do something big with a smash like at least in the us i don't know if they will try to nerf those characters that are like dominating the meta game or they would just Leave it that way, which I think will happen. So for now, I'm just, oh no, I feel like I do enjoy just playing the game as it is, as like the final form every time I go to a tournament. I, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not usually the person that thinks about like, oh, this, this guy might, for example, Joker, right? I, I played Joker for so long and I never thought about this guy after getting nerfed. That's why you never saw me like playing secondaries or anything rather, like, rather than like playing against Pichu or Pikachu that I used to go Lucina for, right? But now that I think about it, I would like more nerfs and buffs considering that I play a character that is not considered to be really good, Byleth. I would like Violet to keep getting buffed so I could be un untouchable, basically. I think that would be really cool. And uh, even even though I say that Pyramith are really broken, I still think don't they don't they don't deserve enough. I think they're they're okay. I think we've played against other characters that are definitely more broken than Pyramithra. Pichu is one of those. Pikachu is also good. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about him, but uh 
I do believe that the game is good as it is right now. You were talking about Byleth. I love playing as Byleth in Ultimate when I'm playing casually with, with friends and so on. And I love the fact that you sort of will that character to win this tournament or get you as far as in this bracket. And I'm just curious. I know that Ultimate compared to Melee is there's a little bit of a speed difference there. I'll just put it that way. But speed is still a valuable thing no matter what Smash game you're playing because it ultimately comes down to, you know, whose move comes out first, who's able to react fast enough, press buttons fast enough, this, that, and the third. How much is speed actually important to you? Do you feel like it's a, a, an overvalued thing or an undervalued thing for Ultimate? Uh, I think it's really... Things really important. I would say uh, there are only two characters that I consider perfect in this game since they can basically do it do it all. Uh, I guess Mithra is one of them as well, so I guess I would say three characters. I know this this might sound kind of like a really hot take, and I'm pretty sure that if the right people watch this podcast, they will, they will be like, oh, Leo is smoking something, right? Because that's just not true. But I do feel that Joker, Searsuit, and Mithra are the perfect character for this game because they can literally do it, everything, right? I'm, I'm not saying that those are the top three in this game, right? I'm just saying that they can literally just adapt to everything that the game has to offer, right? I can't see, I mean, I know that Searsuit got really bad matchups. I know that Joker struggles against some. I know that Pyra, uh, I know that Mithra is really broken. I haven't discovered a matchup that's like bad for her, but, but. I would say those three characters are at least the best at adapting to everything that's in the game, right? Because speed, because range, because um, whiff punish, like the ability to whiff punish really well, like zoning tools, I, I guess Mithra not, not with zoning, but she can be like, they can basically just play the neutral so well that at the end, it won't matter what's happening, right? But just talking a little bit about Violet and his speed, I do believe that his speed is really valuable in this game, but... I still think that Pilot does something that allows me to not rely on his speed that much, which is his spacing. Uh, Pilot's spacing is just really big, right? And if you realize, Pilot basically does the same thing over and over, but it's his ability to mix up that. Like, the mix-ups in Pilot are really big. You know that I'm going to land with Nair, but with, like you don't know when I'm going to finish this Nair, or, like where I'm going to go, or like what I'm going to do after Nair, right? But you know that this Nair is coming, and it's so hard to shield because I can mix up that thing in a certain way that will like be different every time, right? And, uh, and that's the main reason why I think Pilot does not rely on his speed that much, but I do believe that his speed in this game is really important too. Thank goodness for a three-frame jump squat for all the characters. Just imagine Byleth having a slower jump squat. You wouldn't be able to weave in and out of people trying to whiff punish you as much. That would be awful. That would be that would be really bad. That would make the character really, really bad. But yeah, I guess he relies too much on jumping. I guess when people start catching up on the fact that I have to jump to do everything I want to do, I guess character will will like will be worse than what he is right now. But for now, people are still going to adapt to that. But it's it's hard because, again, I feel that, it, like, Violet's spacing is just so good. It's so good at what it does. And it's strong, a combo sometimes. It's so good for last trapping, edge guarding, like, spacing, neutral. They basically do everything, right? Like, Violet literally does everything with two with three moves. Which is crazy to me because it's like simple character, but it's so complicated at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I do think he, uh, I do think he's really good, even though he's really slow.
I do love forward tilt with bilet, so shout outs to forward tilt. That's a fun move. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> so I'll 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 save some more ultimate questions for later because I have a Patreon question that sort of leans back into that. But we'll take a, a melee break, a melee aside here. That's the game that I enjoy playing the most and watching the most. But you know, all due respect to Ultimate and so on, fun game. Anyway. You were able to play against Spargo for the Genesis fundraising stream this past weekend, and that was an amazing set. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. Spoil alert for anyone who hasn't watched it, although it's got a lot of views on YouTube, which is really cool. You, you never know like how popular is this going to be. A lot of people love watching Ultimate, but will they love watching Spargo and MK Leo in Melee? And the answer is yes. Yes, that is still true. They do. But... You were approached to to play that. Spargo agreed to play as well. And you had not installed Slippy into your computer up until this time, which that, that was a surprise to me. But you can just sort of talk about your, your general impressions of playing Melee online, and then we can talk about the set after that. Okay. Well, playing Melee online, it... Yeah, I haven't played Melee in, like, 16 years. I mean, Ooh. I played it once or twice. Like, I don't know. I remember that I watched... I watched uh, one summit i i i'm pretty sure it was the first ultimate summit i played void in a milliset and that was that was all right that was like the last time i played the game and um but i do remember how it felt right and playing sleepy made me feel that it was the same game like it, there was no difference like when you're playing smash off like i mean ultimate offline i'm gonna refer to smash as ultimate right now no when worries you're playing, yep when you're playing ultimate offline, you feel that you can do everything, right? It kind of looks like it kind of looks like Melis son, right? Where like we're like you're really fast and you're able to do everything, and like it's a combo based game, and like it be, you basically rely on like like pressing buttons faster than your opponent and stuff. And when you're playing online, it kind of like becomes it becomes like game kind of like in a, like Smash Four Brawl. Where you just have to read your opponent and like guess what he's going to do every time, right? You basically gotta be one step ahead. And um, when I was playing Sleepy against Spargo, I, I mean, I, I was practicing before my set against him, and I really felt that it was the same thing. It, it was like, it was like if I was playing offline against someone that's like right next to me, and I was like, I was really impressed by that. I, I really, I really wish Ultimate had something like that, but I mean, it it does not, but Melee does, so. I've been thinking about practicing melee a little bit more since online actually allows you to get better no matter where you are, no matter where you're from. But uh, but I don't know. I'm kind of I'm not. I'm a big fan of melee, but I'm kind of like don't want to play it for now until like I actually think about what I'm gonna do with this game. For now, I'm just like installing my computer. But uh, it's really impressive. It's really impressive what they did with the Sleepy. It's, it's insane. They literally made a game. Perfect. Like the only thing that Miller needed to be perfect was to be able to play online with the same frames, with like the same speed, with like no changes. And I, I believe Sleepy does that. It was an incredible feat. And just the fact that Fizzy, who had a, a little bit of help, but took the 
the lion's share, the majority of the workload of turning the old dolphin delay-based netcode and turning into rollback netcode and making Melee playable online to all the Melee pros because you've, you've seen enough of these people at tournaments. You know how persnickety everybody in Melee is about having the right CRT set up and having their controllers do, done and tuned up just right. And yeah, there's a certain degree where in Ultimate that, that may not matter as much, especially since the the ultimate online is is not as good and no one's been able to sort of introduce rollback into it anyway like through you know modifications so the fact that it was able to pull in melee pros who say yeah this is great it's not great for playing someone all the way out in japan when you're on the east coast but other than that it's really good i'm glad you were impressed with it because we were all impressed with how you played versus spargo this is a this is a set that went to the last game, it went down to the last stock. I mean, one one spot that I like thinking about is when you're up three games to one, and then Spargo wins three games in a row to go up f- four games to three, and then you bring it to the last game, and then bring it to the last stock. There was just a lot of back and forth, but it seemed like every time Spargo's back was against the wall, he was able to sort of turn things around and get the upper hand and be able to clutch it out, if you will. I mean, what were your general impressions of uh, playing Spargo in that in that set? Um, I Spargo is uh, it's in a special case, I think. I do believe he will be the best, you know, the best ultimate player at some point. Is is he basically just needs experience? But he's also the kind of player that does not rely on experience that much. He be, he trusts his skills so much that he practically does not care about the experience that we top players have, right? Or like we veterans have. Uh, playing him in melee just made me realize that he is he's indeed like an Smash prodigy, right? Uh, I didn't know that he practices melee, uh, like like more than all their ultimate players because I could see it, right? Like you don't like you just don't don't play melee and you do that kind of things, right? Right, right. So I'm pretty so I'm pretty sure he practices melee, which is which is kinda cool to me, right? Because I do believe that being good in two games or like, well, I'm pretty sure he's he's really good at a lot of other games, right? But like just being good at two Smash games just made me think about like this this kid is is amazing, right? Because he basically can do it all talking about his match. And the fact that he is able to, like, understand the frame data and, like, understand, like, the setups that Melee have is so impressive to me. Because, like, I don't know, that just makes me understand that this kid is basically a prodigy. This this kid is, like, was born to play Smash. And that's, like, really cool. Um, I felt that, of course, he was better than me. At melee, of course he was. I still felt that I was able to like get it to game four, and like I was able to get, to get some stuff just with like basically my smash fundamentals, right? I literally didn't do anything that that was too melee, but I was just playing the smash, and that's what was funny to me about this about this set, right? That it was so close, and like you basically watched top level smash, but. In a low level smash disguise. Does that make sense? Because we were literally like we have a lot of knowledge about the game, right? No matter if it's melee or not, like we still understand smash 
at a like to a point where like we're able to be really good in every, in any smash game right so we're basically playing melee where everything we know about ultimate and applied it to this game and i was just thinking about it and i was like it was like watching high level melee or like watching high melee ultimate and like low level melee right <laughs> it was so funny it. <laughs> because we because we actually didn't know how to like do stuff right of course because marth is like a million years like compared to uh, to zane right which is the best marth right now and my chic of course is like way worse than plop right worse like plop is not even that category it's not even worse it's like the best chic as well and i'm kind of like the worst chic to ever exist right but we were still able to do so like so much stuff that like you could see that we were playing at a high level of smash but not in melee so i do believe that uh if we took melee seriously i we could do great things i think we could do really good things with the game just just by judging the way we played in that set, right? But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of impressed by how good I was in melee, even though I haven't touched the game in so long. And I was also kind of mad that Sparkle beat me because I was like, like, mm, like, okay, like, like he is not only an, being annoying in ultimate, but he's also annoying in other games, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> like not not in a bad way, because of course <laughs> I like him. Like I like him and I support him. If there's another best player in the world, I would like to be him. But it's kind of weird because there's like there's that rivalry where like it does not allow me to lose to him, right? In other right. games, so, it's still a competition, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a competition. I'm like, it was serious, right? Because a lot of people were gonna, like, wasn't going to watch. I'm not, I'm not saying that I won my run back because I actually do not want it. I'm not that kind of person. But, um, like, if I could keep playing melee and and it's, if Aspargo keeps playing melee as well, I, I that will force me to play it, right? Because I will, like, if he can do it, I believe that I could do it too. So it's kind of like... Again, it's kind of like we were playing high-level ultimate in another game, which is really amazing, right? Because that means that we don't gonna we don't gotta understand melee in order to play it well, like in order to be good in melee, right? Right. That's how I saw the set. But like you like you were saying, I even though you're both relatively on the like the uh, just it's like I, I don't want to say mid-level, low-level kind of a thing. It's just that. There is a little bit of a differences here and there, different stuff where you go, oh, they don't play the game so much that they know exactly what to do in this spot that high-level Melee players would be used to doing, people who play the game constantly, right? But Melee is fun to watch, especially for me, and I think a lot of people feel this way, when it's close, it doesn't matter if it's two Kirbys on the screen who are constantly trying to down B rock each other. If it's close and it goes last stock and it's like, you could still make it a big deal. You could still get really hype around it. And and something that I was not expecting, I, I, I was expecting it to be sort of like a, a blowout one way or the other, just because Melee is very polarizing that way. It's really hard for Melee to stay close unless the two players are really, really closely matched. And so that's what I was surprised by the most was how close through a first to five set going all the way to the last game, last stock. I was so impressed by how you both refused to let the other run away with the set too far. And that last stock in particular, if that was, that was the most unexpected ending, just a, just a, I want to say, yeah, back throw gets the tipper forward smash and you sort of fly off the screen and zoo and Coney go, Oh wait, it's over. It's over. Okay. 
Spargo won, I guess. I, I I was curious if you had wanted to play either not a not a run back, but like play a little bit of friendlies with Spargo afterwards. But to me, it doesn't sound like you ended up doing that then, I guess. No, I did not. It was it was literally like we finished the set. I said thank you, uh the person that invited me and then Spargo didn't say anything. He left and I was like, Oh, Ooh. I guess <laughs> Yeah, but he he's kinda of quiet, so I wasn't surprised. But okay. um yeah, but you're right. Now that you mentioned that, it's not like you could see that we don't play melee, but you could see that we play Smash. Like he was able to read my habits, my roles. I was able to read like, like his approaches. I was able to read his desperate options. Like we were literally, like I said, we were playing high level Smash in another game, I, like high level Ultimate in another game. We watched really fun. Uh, it was actually really fun. And, that, and now that you mention it, we um, I never thought about how how melee works like the thing you said that melee does not really allow you to like be really close like have a really close match right because the game is so polarizing that like for example even when you're watching top players you still see top players getting destroyed by other top players because that's how the game works you basically have like a good opening and then you just end up dying you can take it but, all away yeah yeah and uh and we were not I mean, I guess we were doing that, like, he, there were stocks where, like, he literally can combo me and I died, and I was like, what is this shit, dude? Like, that's so broken. <laughs> but there were stocks where, like, he got grabbed, and I was, like, they're chasing him, like, so well, and I was like, yeah, like, this game felt that way. Exactly. It felt that, like, it felt that, like, if... if like if Steve wasn't wasn't melee and we we're playing Steve and we we're just like doing an input and it works and then we take the stock, it felt that way. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to keep playing melee with a Spargo if that's if that ever happens. I mean, hey, uh, six months might go by or a year might go by and somebody will say, oh, "Do you want to pl another play play another first of five set?" I mean, if it happens even like that, we'll, we would be all excited to see that. I mean, you were talking about playing Void earlier. Void plays against Mango sometimes, uh, I think on stream, and uh, people say Cola is a really, really good melee player as well, and it's really cool. Oh, and of course, I'm forgetting about Larry Lur, uh, Origins in, in melee that the, there's 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 plenty of crossover. I mean, even me, I'm very, very bad at both games, but I can sort of go back and forth, and there are things that just carry over with punishing and spacing and reading of habits, like rolling. It All of that can translate over to different Smash games. And you were talking about how you respect and admire the fact that Spargo plays different Smash games and games in general. <laughs> in your Twitter bio, it says pretty good COD player. So I want to give you a chance to talk about that for a little bit here. You enjoy playing Call of Duty, I take it? It's been a long time. I, I do play regularly with my friends, but in quarantine, I was actually like grinding that, that game so much. Like we even, uh, we even entered some weekly tournaments and we were able to win it. Uh, I don't know, we averaged like 15, 17 kills. Of course, in like lobbies that are not like 4KD, of course we play in lobbies that are like 1.5KD, 2KD, like we're still not that good. But but I do believe that if, like, if there's another game that I would like to be good at, it's definitely Call of Duty. Because uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the fundamentals that are in Smash travel to this thing. And for example, I was coaching the I was coaching a person the other day and he was asking me about his pacing and like how could I read someone better, right? And I and I was giving the giving the example of like uh it's like when you play a shooter game that like you're sniping someone from, from far away and you're not really following their head, right? Because their head is gonna keep moving 
like constantly in, in like in a certain way that like if you try to shoot them at that time, the bullet will just travel travel in a certain distance and a certain speed that like he will be able to dodge that because he keeps moving. So in that case, you need to read where he's gonna go, right? And that's kind of like how predicting and spacing works in this match. You gotta think about your distance, you gotta think about your speed, and you also gotta think about where he's gonna move, right? And like combine all of that with the result that is, oh, I'm gonna punish in this spot. And I, and I do believe that translate really good into Smash. And actually, I'm a sniper in Call of Duty, right? Because I like feeling that way. I nice. like, I, awesome. like I, ha I like having uh, in consideration the speed, the distance, like where, my, where the other guy is going to be. And like, it just feels natural to me, right? Because it feels that I can actually abuse and a skill that I got in one game in a different, way, in a different game. And... And every time I uh, I play Call of Duty, I feel that I, I get better. But I don't know. It's a it's a hard game. If you don't if you don't grind it every day, the whole day, then like you will never be compared to like other players. Kind of like if I wanted to start playing melee right now, like I would never like yeah, it would take years for me to like get to Mango's level or like get to Leffen's level because it because it takes a while. And the same goes for like someone that wants to play Ultimate, right? Because it's a different game, but. I don't know. I do believe I'm quite good at Call of Duty. Uh, I say that basically because I won some weekly tournaments with my with my buddies. But like, I would like to play with someone better, right? With someone better that like is also like in a duo or something, like in a squad where like he literally forces me to get better because he's so good that I that I need to keep up with him. And uh, and I don't know, it's it's weird. But I do I do feel I'm quite decent. I don't know if I'm good anymore, but I, I'm decent. I'm still decent. Well, you know, Call of Duty's always gonna be there. Lord knows they make like twenty games a year, it feels like, for that franchise. So <laughs> don't don't worry, it'll be around, it'll be around. I mean for myself, the last Call of Duty game that I played super seriously was probably Black Ops two, but I was I I took it seriously because I kept chasing the feeling of Black Ops 1 where that had zombies. That was like the first big Call of Duty Zombies game. They had others leading up to that, but that was the one that everybody... That started to become like a real thing. And that was, that was already back in like 2009 or 2010 or something. Just think about all the Melee... Sorry, all the Smash games you've played. You played Brawl, you played Smash 4, and a lot of Ultimate. And you have been able to call yourself a top player in all of those Smash games... And who knows, maybe Call of Duty might be one that you can kind of break into that echelon maybe down the line. But this is a Patreon question coming from Drew. What would you want your Smash Ultimate legacy to be? And I know that's a big question, but like eventually either the game is replaced by a new Smash game and that tends to be the way how it works. You know, Brawl goes to Smash 4, goes to Ultimate. But for you, when you're done with the game, whether it's a new game or you walk away completely, what would you want your legacy to look like? Mm. that's a tricky question because i never thought about that i'm uh like for example we uh we gonna go into my story from not the u.s right because because a lot of people like have in mind that i'm like the best player like in the world and stuff like that and like i'm pretty sure a lot of people consider me like that and uh i'm pretty sure a lot of people look up to me right but there's something weird that happens with me since I'm from Mexico, right? And and I was literally the first Mexican to win an Evo, like, 
full time. I was the first Mexican to be the best player at some on a video game, right? So in Mexico, I'm kind of like this this big guy that like was the first to do something, right? So if we're talking about that legacy in the Smash, I still haven't thought about it, but like a legacy as like in gaming. I was I would say that I was I was like at least the I was the person that showed everyone in my country that this is possible that this is actually something that will happen right and like it's weird because Mexico still got this little thing about like if you play video games and like if you're like close in your room just playing video games you're kind of like you're kind of like a weird person right like you literally got enough future that's how we think or like that's how we used to think until I appeared in the scene, right? Until I started doing great things with video games. So um, I definitely do believe that my legacy is already there because I've met so many like Mexican kids that are literally like, oh, Leo, I want to be like you someday. And like, you literally showed me that like we could do it. Like there's even parents that come up to me and be like, oh, my kid is trying to become a professional in gaming. What advice do you have? And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Cause like, I never felt that way. Cause I, like literally an entire country look up to me, right? Like not really about his match, but about video games. Like I'm that person. I'm, I'm literally that person that did it first. And of course I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be proud of that, but only the way that like, oh, I'm the only one and I was the first. No, I'm proud of that because I was able to show that a lot of people that are like me when I used to be a kid that they literally want to become the best player at something and they want to accomplish their dreams by doing what they love the most, right? Because video games are something that people love, no matter what era, no matter what game, no matter like the person you are, like you, there's always a video game that you like playing with your friends, right? And um, I'm really happy that that could be my legacy, at least in, in like in my country. Like, just, just that person, just that person that like is in the history books. Like in 20, 30 years, I'm gonna be in that book that like, oh, the the beginning of gaming in Mexico. MK Leo, aka I mean Leonardo <laughs> Lopez, aka MK Leo, like did all of that, and like that's gonna be crazy, right? And I do believe that's going to be my legacy, at least for gaming. If we're talking about Smash. I really have no idea. I guess kind of like the same thing. I don't know. Like, I really don't know how to explain my legacy of a Smash. You've been playing for like longer than I think. Uh, well, some people give credit for. Uh, there are there are ten year olds who are getting into Ultimate who go Leo is my favorite player, and they may not necessarily know that you go all the way back to Brawl and were able to win tournaments even back then. So, you could play Smash for a very long time, especially if it's sort of along the lines of Ultimate, whatever the next Smash game may or may not be, but that you could keep playing and keep playing and you could get to 10 years from now and still be someone who's like physically able to be the best, who has the mentality to be able to be the best. But does that seem realistic to you or do you see yourself doing something different in 10 years or, or something like that, like a long, yeah. long-term thing? I'm gonna be real with you. I do not intend to keep playing this game for another 10 years. That's, that's <laughs> for sure. I've been playing this match since I was like nine years old. Uh, so I don't like to be honest. Uh, I there's sometimes where like I literally don't want to keep playing the game. Like I go to tournaments just thinking about like, man, I'm gonna keep doing this because this is what I do, and I and I hate it. It's like it's like being a Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Peter Parker is his Spider-Man, and he's gonna be his Spider-Man because people need him, right? And that's kind of like it is for me. I gotta keep playing the game because that's who I am, and that's what I kept doing my entire life. But no, I do not intend to keep playing the game for another 10 years, even if I was physically and mentally able to, to do it. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that if I want to keep up with video games, of course, I, I keep streaming, uh, I keep making YouTube videos, like, I keep coaching, like, there's a lot of stuff that I keep doing that's related to the game, but I kind of don't want to keep doing what I do in, like, the next 10 years, I would like to be doing something different, um, I got a lot of goals, like, before I, like, I became the best in, in, in Smash, so uh, I don't know if I would retake those goals, or I would just, like, do something different right but yeah i'll probably just focus on like a normal life thing i'll probably just focus on like kind of like having a normal job and like uh like study something and i don't know like i got a lot of goals for that but for now i guess i would just keep playing smash until i am not the best i think that's kind of like the thing that's like stopping me from stop playing smash i don't i don't want to stop playing smash being the best, right? Because that's not my goal. Like, if Spargo ended up beating me and becoming the best in, like, one or two years after this, I'll be really happy because I knew that I was that person that got this new player into being another best, right? I knew that if, I knew that if someone wanted to be the best, they had to beat me. And that made me really proud because I know that I was, like, the, like, I was the person that someone was aiming to beat in order to become the best and accomplish their dreams or accomplish their goals so uh yeah i'm not thinking about retiring before i stop being the best but the moment i stop being the best if it's the right person for example spargo that i will be really proud of him i'm really happy that, be, that he became the best i will be like yeah i guess the uh i guess this is done i'll, I'll probably play for like another two years or something but like i always have in mind that i was the best i got the i got the chance to live my dreams and I also got the chance to like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say get because Spargo does it by himself, but like, I would say that I was able to see someone like me accomplish your dreams, right? And that's kind of like what I want to do with Smash. How cool is that? I think that the vast majority of people would prefer to say, to sort of leave off as, as, as you sort of like reprove yourself yet again and saying, you know what, I don't really want to see that downward sp uh, spiral into having to quit or whatever. You sort of have the mind of, I want to see somebody surpass me to be able to prove they can beat me on most given cases, not like 100% or anything. I'm just saying that you like the idea of someone becoming the new best through you and that kind of cues you into saying, I can do something else with, with my life. And of course, it's not realistic for anybody. I mean, it's crazy to me that Mango has played Melee for this long and he's 30 plus years old now and still wants to play for a, even a little while longer. But for you, it's really cool to hear you have different ideas of what you want to do post-Smash, however long it takes to get there. At least we'll have you for another year or so. At the very least, there's the whole... Nintendo and Panda circuit that's going to happen and of course holding off players like Spargo, Zachary, Cosmos, Tweak. There's so many great ultimate players and so you have your hands full but still holding it down, still clutching out games, uh, being accused as the luckiest player of all time, all that fun stuff. MKLeo, I really appreciate your time and as we close up if you would be able to tell the people where they can find you <laughs> as if they didn't 
they just have to type in MKLay and they'll find you, but you can plug whatever you want. Okay, so uh, I've been trying to get a lot of people to be better at this game because I really, I really need more competition. I, I want to like, I want to get some other people to actually enjoy what we enjoy and of course, uh, like be able to, to be the best, right? The Nintendo, the Nintendo Plus Panda thing is coming really soon. So in case you want to be part of that, you can find me on Metafy, T1, MKLeo, of course. Um, Shoutouts to T1. Uh, I didn't say that in the interview, well, on the podcast, but yeah, uh, go book a lesson with me. I'm going to be like, going to be coming out with some discounts so you don't have to pay at the hundred dollars because I do believe that's kind of expensive, uh, but I'm trying to make it a little bit more accessible for everyone, right? Uh, Twitter, of course, MKLeoSB, uh, YouTube, MKLeo, and basically everywhere else where you want to find me, just type MKLeo on the searcher and then you will find me. If that's what I got to do to support you and continue to validate uh, what I believe is a very prestigious position as Ultimate's best player, then that's what I got to do. But MKLeo, thank you for joining me on Bottom of Smash Mountain. It was a pleasure. It was, uh, it was cool to talk about Melee. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me.